0: All right, well, we're going to turn to the Ireland for All rally because a newly established campaign, a coalition of national and local organisations that support diversity and oppose racism have organised a national solidarity rally in Dublin today. And we're going to go to our panel on this in a minute. But joining me live now from Parnell Square is reporter Carl Kinsler, who's with Journal.ie. Carl, good afternoon to you.
1: Good afternoon, Colin. Thanks for having me.
0: How are things shaping up there? What's it looking like so far in Parnell Square?
1: Yeah, it's starting to gather a bit of momentum down here. I'd say there's a few hundred uh individuals here so far, all kind of represented by various groups. There's Força, there's various political parties, Siptu, Lakela. So yeah, it's it's starting to gather steam here. The weather has just taken a bit of a turn, which I mean, you might think could depress turnout a little bit, but um, I don't know, we'll we'll see.
0: OK, and you were at a press conference on this yesterday. So what were organisers saying their hopes and plans were?
1: Yeah, so uh, Mehmet Ulladag, who is the chair of United Against Racism, he was very clear that the message of today's protest is to reject hate and to embrace diversity in Ireland. And it's not just a case of uh, embracing the diversity, but they are also calling on the government to provide essential services not necessarily just for migrant communities, not necessarily just for refugee communities, but for everyone in Ireland. And that that includes the housing crisis, that includes, you know, healthcare waiting lists. So the purpose of this march in terms of, from the perspective of the organisers, is to, is to call for adequate, accessible public services for everybody.
0: Okay, well just to stay with us, let's get to the views of a few attendees you've been speaking to at the march.
2: Now, I'm not somebody who marches normally, but uh, I think this is a really important issue for our society at this time. I hate to think of an underlying racism being given, you know, a voice and an opportunity to to express itself. So I want to show that there's a lot of Irish people who stand against that, and that we're very open to welcoming people from other cultures.
3: I'm marching today because I think it's important that we combat these racist attacks that are happening on our streets and make no doubt about it, these are racist attacks. So I'm out here to tell the far right that they are not welcome, their rhetoric is unhelpful, it's destructive, it's divisive and it's not to happen on our streets. Well, I have never marched in my life I'm marching today because it's so important. I've been held up three times coming from a refugee integration course in DCU. I've been held up three times by those horrible protests. So I feel very important to just come here and say they do not represent
0: us. All right, some of the a sample car that you gathered down at the march today. Just before we let you go, is there much of a guard the presence there?
1: Yeah, I would say it's probably uh, commensurate with the size of the turnout. For now, there's one community van that I've seen. There are guards going around on, on bikes. I'd say in total, I've seen maybe between 12 and 15 guardies So it's it's sort of what you would expect for a, the beginning of a protest like this. Or oh, like
0: all right. Like and the route of it, you're in Parnell Square at the moment. Where's where's the route of the march to take you?
1: Yeah. So the march will leave from the Garden of Remembrance, Parnell Square. And the final destination is the Customs House.
0: Okay, uh, Carl. We'll check in with you later in the program to see how that pr- uh, demonstration is going. But back to the panel here, Richard Boyd Barrett. Uh, your party was involved in in organising this. Yeah. What's What's the aim as far as uh, as far as it goes for organising this and putting people on the street?
3: The 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 message could be summed up as united we stand, divided we fall. And that the messages of the far right and racism will, first of all, create an atmosphere of division and hate. Uh, The first victims of which will be people of colour, migrants, asylum seekers, but actually it damages our entire society and it breaks up the sort of solidarity that we actually need to fight to address the very real issues and grievances that people do have over the dire housing crisis we are now facing and have been facing for quite a few years. Uh, The crisis in our public health service, the cost of living. And what we're saying is don't buy into the divisive lies of the far right who are trying to scapegoat refugees for these things. That way lies disaster, division, hate and conflict. But instead... Let's fight together, that we're stronger together, uh, uh, that we have solidarity as the driving force to fight for the public and affordable housing, for everybody, for the decent public health service that we desperately uh, need to address the cost of living, to uh, address the inequality in our society, to address the problem of many communities being neglected. But we're encouraging people, don't buy into the lies of the far right. These people claim that they're championing neglected communities. In reality, they are just encouraging hate. They're not uh, presenting a way forward that could actually address the problems our society faces.
0: Okay. and the rally today will be addressed by one member of your party, at least anyway, Jennifer. Um, what's, What's your hope from this demonstration today?
2: um so yeah so uh, my party colleague gary gannon will, will be speaking at the at the rally today and you know I i think from listening to the people that you had on on uh, on the radio there you can really get a sense of of the the strength of commitment that irish people have to to saying no to the far right and saying yes to inclusivity and cohesive uh, communities and really I think that's what we, we will hope to see coming from this is an expression of that strength it's really really important that each of us stand up and say that we will not tolerate a society where hatred is at the centre of it. Um, We are we are as a nation a very inclusive nation. And we need to be in a position where we can actually work with people when they come into our country to provide them with the supports that they need, but also that our communities will be stronger because of that. Um, and I think that's really what we need to see and hopefully we will see from this from this rally today.
0: All right, Neil Richmond, there will always be haters, but isn't there scope from the government's point of view to, to shrink the pitch they can play on by addressing some of the concerns that communities have over, um, be it hotels that aren't being used for tourism or whether it's the provision of housing or public services or transport or whatever else that you may not be able to tackle the malign misinformation but there are bread and butter issues that can be tackled.
4: For sure and communication is part of this but at the end of the day communication doesn't allow certain communities to have a veto. We have a responsibility to the largest refugee crisis that Europe has seen in over uh, half a century. We've responsibility to a very clear movement of people due to very difficult situations and the top end goals of this um, this rally I'd be very strongly in favour of and I would have met a number of the people who've organised it in my own brief to discuss it. The issues that we have in communities around Ireland um, will be used by the far right. They will be misrepresented, they'll be used as disinformation, everything will be blamed on the asylum seeker, the person who is different from their archetypical vision of perhaps what it means to be Irish and that is where the government has to step in and say well this is exactly what's happening on and this is what we're doing other politicians will say we're not doing enough on key societal issues be it housing, health or whatever it is and that's, that's fine we'll have that debate parallel It's an important we do but when it comes to meeting our responsibilities um, to asylum seekers and refugees we have to meet them we have to get as much community buy in because I think of my own constituency where an international protection centre was opened in the middle of January and I got wholesale acceptance um, from the local community and that's what we want to see as the model there's, that there's, is what's happening There's another community
0: in, in the Bagot Street area the Pembroke Road residents who actively want the Royal Dublin Hospital to be opened up for it to be used as refugee hostel accommodation there by the analysis of at least one architect and other firms he rang Mel Reynolds Mm. says that it it is repurposable as it at the same time as migrants and asylum seekers are finding themselves on the streets isn't any accommodation better in those circumstances than people being left on the streets being told with a voucher in their pocket there's nothing we can do for you
4: Absolutely and I'd, I would on in an individual case I would support um, the repurposement of the Old Baggage Street Hospital to become um, accommodation Unfortunately the initial analysis was that the works that would be required to get it into to be habitable um we're, were impossible, but Minister Joe O'Brien has that responsibility to bring these properties into existence. We've seen it with um, repurposed in my own area, repurposed convents and monasteries and things like that. We want to see more of that. We will see more of that in the coming the weeks, in addition to uh, rapid build housing as well.
0: Richard Boyd Barrett, whatever your views about the competence of government in dealing with this, do you accept in good faith that as individuals and as a whole, they are trying to address it?
3: Uh, to be honest, I mean maybe they, in their own heads they are, but the problem is that their failure to address a housing crisis that is getting worse by the day, literally getting worse by the day, uh, with record numbers homeless, record numbers on housing lists, rents that are absolutely off the charts in terms of affordability for ordinary working people, uh, That none of that justifies the hatred of the far right. That has to be rejected out of hand, but there is no doubt those create conditions where the far right can exploit those uh, issues and the government have not done enough. But well,
4: Richard, and your I rally today, w- which, as I said, the top end, I'm very supportive, and you and I have attended multiple anti-racist rallies today. Your own party colleague, Mick Barry, got up on the door two weeks ago and he said, the co-purpose of this, this is anti-racism and anti-government. Which is more important, anti-racism or anti-government? It's t- 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 the That's point, the words the of your own party colleague. Ma-
3: the point that we're making is that we need to redirect... Legitimate anger. That's what makes Legitimate, anger. Legitimate anger over housing, the public health service and the cost of living where the government have not done enough to protect people and direct that towards forcing this government to do things that it has been unwilling to do. But I do mean, this the... week, for example, we will be bringing a bill into the dole to extend and strengthen the eviction ban to prevent more people being made homeless. Now, will the government support that bill? to actually prevent more people going into homeless accommodation. To date, the government has not been willing to introduce things like rent controls. They haven't been willing to take on the vulture funds who are exploiting the housing crisis. So the question is, right,
0: why does the government I, 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 not do okay, those just things? W- and we'll come back to you, Jennifer Whitmore, in just a second. On that specific issue, uh, Neil Richard, would you support an extension of the eviction ban?
4: Well, I think what we have in place in terms of rent pressure zones and looking at I think they they uh, they serve a really key purpose i think we need to be very very careful that we're not giving the far right the tools to create the level of disinformation and where we see that horrible trope coming in is there isn't any houses for Rome because they're all going um, to refugees and asylum seekers and I fundamentally think we Richard can have that ideological debate on that issue which we disagree on and we will always disagree on in core things and have that in a parallel to what is far more important in terms of combating No we, of
3: we're, ho- we're very clearly saying today that's the whole point is to say you're not hold hold your colleague said the opposite in the, the door Richard not, yeah, well, well, hang, on, hang on a second We will not involved in organising today's okay, hang on a second was we, I can we, tell you okay, that one, one voice Barry's. at a time
0: one voice at a time we have to let Jennifer Whitmore Sorry, in, Jennifer. in here as well um, just that question to you Jennifer Whitmore that, do you accept that people are trying to address things and how do you think they could be addressed differently in terms of if, if you were to lend your cooperation uh, as an opposition party on what points would you push people to take greater action in government and where would you lend your cooperation on this specific issue?
2: So just on that, I, I don't think anyone would underestimate the, the challenges the government have faced. You know, it's been an incredibly difficult situation for any government to be in um, and and to try resolve. Um, and, you know, the Social Democrats, and, and I do believe that, the, you know, there's been support across the opposition uh, to, to help the government with this and to provide constructive criticism on it. Um, and and I do think the government At the start, we're making a lot of the the right noises. You know, they were talking about putting in modular homes. They were talking about um, making sure that uh, state-owned vacant buildings were, were being used. What we're seeing is that that's not actually happening or happening quick enough. And so... You know the, the, we're now over. what well, you were a year into into this particular crisis. We haven't really seen any movement from the emergency uh, situation or the emergency approach the government took at the very start of this to where we are now. They are not looking for the medium to long term or providing the medium to long term solutions. And I do think that you know the Bagus Street mm-hmm. uh, uh, hospital is is a case in point. The community are looking for it. They they are happy for that to be used as a hostel for uh, Ukrainian refugees. And we heard, we are having the government saying it would take nine months to do a, a feasibility exercise. study. Yeah. I mean, that is just crazy. So I just don't understand why the political will isn't there to move this thing this forward I mean, quick I enough. And no, 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 no. Sorry, no I'll sorry, just gentlemen. continue on that. So, like, when you look at the, mos- the the modular housing, like, it's going to be uh, April before that starts to get rolled out. It was meant to happen in in autumn. We have, um, like, I don't think there's been very many uh, state-owned vacant premises used at all. In actual fact, when the minister put a a, a, a call. Out to other uh, departments recently. He had one response from the Department of Defence where they offered, I think, one one building. So, like, obviously, I think that the the approach and the the. Um I don't think there's been a, a cohesive government right. response to that. OK, well, let's
4: put that, that to Neil Richmond. That's incorrect. both The Department of Justice um, offered Thornton Hall and my own department have offered a building okay, so on Dawson Street. That's three. And there's multiple others. The uh, Department I don't think of Higher Education has identified um, grounds both that can be used for that. Would you accept, bill, though, that or
0: buildings or? are being identified? There was 500 identified. 300, or 320. Or, but, but initially, yeah. there, there, there was 500 identified and... And and two thirds of those, is it, have been rejected? And then there's, there's, uh, of the hundred and, of the hundred and eighty, some are in progress and 60 are still being worked on. But there's a huge amount of buildings that are identified and then never come through, come through, through to fruition, like the Royal Dublin Hospital.
4: Yeah. And the, the, the biggest priority is to address the buildings that can be turned around quickly and used quickly. And some of them are in private ownership and they've been given over uh, to use to the station. I think that's really important. Um, I think. If but you look the issue the of, like of not
0: wanting to spend 17, to stick with that building, 17 million, the cost and the feasibility study. Uh, would a feasibility study really take nine months?
4: And is 17 million, when you look at the cost of hotel accommodation, really too much? well the cost mightn't be too much but the timeline is we want to turn these around quickly we need to accommodate we've had a population the nine, greater No one believes
2: the nine months is actually a realistic time frame for a feasibility study if that's how long it takes the state to do a, a feasibility report I think you really need to have serious uh, uh, questions with with the departments as to why it's taking so long like how is that possible it just doesn't and make and any sense that's a fair sense.
4: question I'm more than happy to put that but I think the biggest priority from the government is we've had a population greater than that of Sligo and um, the vast majority of whom have been accommodated there will be more coming and there will be more cooperation. Right. R- Richard Boyd Barrett. You see, listen, we, we are 10
3: years into a housing crisis uh under successive Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil governments. And since the beginning of that, we've been talking about the failure of the government to deal with vacant properties, not just because of refugees coming in, but because of the the, the domestic uh, housing crisis. And I cannot understand it. I mean the 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 CSO in the recent census identified 60,000 properties that have been empty for more than six years since the previous census. Now, the failure of the government, you see, and I believe it is because the government does not want to stand up to land hoarders and speculators okay. who are making money from sitting on vacant property, okay. on land banking,
4: speculating on land All right. values. Okay. That is the problem. I'm going to
0: very briefly, Neil Richard, because we, we do have other well, topics to get to.
4: Richard and I both know that 60000 is a top figure, but when revenue looked into it, it was far less than that. And we're more than happy to step in, but we're not going to get into the business of seizing properties that people are putting into repair or lease or are tied up in probate issues.
0: Okay, alright. I'm going to go to a couple of comments from listeners. I have that? no problem with immigrants and refugees coming to Ireland. As a son of Irish immigrants to England, it would be the height of hypocrisy, hypocrisy to think otherwise. As Ciaran Tralee and somebody on the eviction ban, Colin, we were promised that this pernicious eviction ban would be a once-off. As it has to be, it has to be lifted. It traps property owners into being perpetual landlords and renders their properties worthless. Okay, that's uh, uh, somebody texting into us on five one five five one. Not if the local authorities buy the properties. All right.